Hello world and welcome to Podcast in A Minor, where I bring you the weird little songs I write and then give you the stories behind them. Weird stories, creepy stories, funny stories, whatever the world gives us in all its glorious mystery. And now for today's opening song. Welcome to Podcast in A Minor. I'm Amy Zollers, a poet and an artist, and I'm in one of my moods. You just heard What a Bunch of Fruitcakes on the Shall I Take a Chance and Say Farfisa Organ? I don't know. I haven't actually recorded it yet. We'll find out. If I'm way off, I'll edit it later in the podcast. And please pardon the phlegm of the morning. It is 6 a.m. I just got done with a 6 day weekend for Thanksgiving. And yet I'm doing this in the morning before work because I was busy baking fruitcakes, baking pies, then baking fruitcakes, then putting on my Christmas tree and things like that. So I did not get this done and I haven't even done the song yet. But anyway, last year around this time, I got so wrapped up in all the wassail songs and recipes. I can't believe I never touched on fruitcakes. The wonders of fruitcakes. Let's have a look at today's lyrics. What a bunch of fruitcakes. What a bunch of fruitcakes. What a bunch of fruitcakes. Dial it back. Dark and boozy fruitcake. Spices warm and soothing. A far out way to tell them that you think they're groovy. Cinnamon, cloves, vanilla, and brandy. Plums and raisins like jewel as and candy. Nuts in the guts, more fruit than cake. Make me a fruitcake for heaven's sake. Bakers in the madhouse, heavy on the lightning. No, it isn't frightening. It's a treasure chest. It's your blinding best. It buries the rest with its ambrosia. And it knows ya. It knows your eyes blink for fruitcake. It knows your hands clench for fruitcake. It knows your soul smiles for fruitcake. Cinnamon, cloves, vanilla, and brandy. Bury your face in it. Ain't it dandy? Don't be scared. You're a millionaire with fruitcake down the hatch. It's a treasure chest. <clears throat> Pardon. 
Fruitcake has been such a joke in Western culture, which is kind of tragic. Fruitcake has a glittering history. Let's explore. From culinaryagents.com, the simple holiday fruitcake has been to outer space, served as the world's first energy bar, and is an international $100 million business. However, despite all of these achievements, this ancient Roman dessert is still the target of countless jokes. As we approach the final days of National Fruitcake Month, here is a look at the history of one of the world's most hated slash loved cakes of all time. Well, I'm glad they acknowledge that fruitcake is loved. I love it. I love it fancy and trashy and everything in between. <clears throat> Pardon me, phlegm of the morning. Of course, the so-called trashy ones, those long cuboids stuck with candied cherries and leaden with corn syrup, still run about seven bucks at the grocery store, so you know you're getting something special. The smaller, more sedate brown loaves at World Market go for about the same price for maybe half as much cake. Their labels sing sweet promises of port and whiskey inside, fruit and nut, Welsh style and icing. At the top of the heap sit the fruitcakes made by those Catholics who have devoted their lives to God in service and prayer. From the monks of the Abbey of Gethsemane in the Trappist tradition of work and prayer, a two-and-a-half-pound Kentucky bourbon fruitcake will run you $42.50. A brandied fruitcake from the nuns of New Skeet will set you back $55.95 for one fruitcake. Have I somehow missed my calling? Can you imagine making fruitcake for a living? What a peaceful existence. Even if one fruit crop fails that year, you improvise with something else. In Missouri, you could forage wild elderberries, persimmons, and pawpaws, dry them, put them in fruitcake with spices, nuts, and whiskey. Their perfume fills the warm kitchen on a cold, gloomy day like this one. And maybe you look out your window over the spooky, overcast bluffs, just knowing you were made for this. The grand fruitcake from Harry and David, a two-pounder, only costs you $35, so there's a high-level bargain option for you somewhere in the middle. <clears throat> Here's a little more in-depth history from Culinary Agents, The History of the Fruitcake, December 24th, 2019, making December National Fruitcake Month, and maybe that went without saying. Fruitcake's great-great-grandfather is the Roman Satura. The ancient Romans were looking for a way to sustain their troops in battle and developed a bread consisting of pomegranate seeds, pine nuts, raisins, barley mash, and honeyed wine. This cake was packed with calories and lasted long enough to fortify a soldier through an epic and exhausting campaign. As dried fruits became more readily available, this Roman warrior energy bar eventually made its way off the battlefields and into homes as a dessert for special occasions. When Rome fell, local variations on the fruitcake emerged, including Italy's panaforte and panatone, Germany's powdered sugar-coated stollen, and Britain's plum pudding. End quote. The fruitcake I always make is the fruit and stout cake from the pages of the Martha Stewart Living Cookbook, meaning that before the recipe appeared in the cookbook, it showed up in Martha's magazine. And I remember the exact year, December 2000, the December I lived in North Salem, New York as a nanny. I bought the magazine, stumbled on the fruitcake article, and it blew my mind. I had not thought about fruitcake in a long time. Once, I think, we ended up with one, a gift from my dad's co-worker or something, and he was excited about it. But I'm pretty sure I was afraid of the nuts in it. I couldn't handle it. Unprepared to welcome fruitcake into my life, 
<clears throat> until that fateful December in 2000. The cakes and the photographs somehow managed to look like stained glass windows or something, and were in all different shapes, round, bread loaf, salami, and all stunningly packaged, you bet. And besides fruit and stout cake, there was chocolate panaforte, the figgy Christmas fruit roll, yes, I should explore that one, the backhouse family fruit cake, the dowager duchess fruit cake, and the massive annual fruit cake made by Martha's childhood next door neighbors, Mr. and Mrs. Mouse, retired German bakers with a whole big bakery set up in their basement. If you read anything from Martha Stewart, you know about Mr. and Mrs. Mouse. So, fruit cake. The formula goes dried fruit, possibly nuts, butter, sugar, flour, spices, stir it all together, and bake for a long time. Then douse it in some kind of booze, Guinness stout beer for the one I make, for the others, often brandy, sometimes rum. Then your beautiful fruitcakes become a part of the family, part of the season for a while. Did I mention I make them on Thanksgiving weekend? I do. Then I wrap them, according to Martha, in muslin fabric and pour a little beer on them. Then I revisit them in the fridge or cool dark basement every week and pour on a little more beer every time, which helps them age gloriously and last longer. The cakes are four weeks old when I send them around and eat one of my own. Oh man, they're fantastic, especially with hard sauce, which is butter, powdered sugar, and brandy. Lordy. Let me add here that Martha Stewart had a hilarious bit in the fruitcake article about using your needy fruitcakes to weasel out of social obligations. Sorry, can't. I must tend to my fruitcakes that night. Martha. Okay, in a book titled Merry Kitchmas, the Ultimate Holiday Handbook, Michael D. Conway calls fruitcake, quote, the kitschiest of all holiday cakes, saying... Who hasn't eagerly opened a beautifully wrapped present only to find a heavy, dark brown cake of questionable vintage, covered in shiny red and green gelatinous fruit shards? He goes on to say, There must be someone on your gift list who falls into the fruit cake category, whether they are freaky, off-kilter. If not, you may be the one. Conway provides what he calls a generic fruitcake recipe, then offers suggestions for hilarious packaging. The certifiable fruitcake comes in a padded cell box made from a coat lining. He says, restrain your fruitcake with a heavy-duty canvas straitjacket and make sure to cut a small window in the lid for proper ventilation and a little sunshine. Tie it all up with a series of sturdy nylon straps. It's a real anything-goes book. Copyright 2004. Another of his fruitcake packing suggestions is the paranoid fruitcake, where you glue creepy doll's eyes all over the box and include a note that says, We all got together and decided this would be the perfect gift. Signed, Anonymous. He also shows you how to turn a loaf pan into an Airstream trailer by turning it upside down and affixing toy truck parts, plus kitschy details, dollhouse Christmas lights, doors and windows of painted cardboard and some kind of mesh material, and an additional tip to make it extra trashy, alternately thicken and thin cake batter with mayonnaise and beer. Oh, God bless that. Mary Kitchmas is a totally fun book given to me by a delightful co-worker at the Columbia Public Library, probably the same year the book was released. The extensive fruitcake section falls in Chapter 4, Figgy Pudding and Other Desserts of Kitchmas Past which also includes a recipe for Gee Whiz Gelatin. In Chapter 2, his Kitchmas Wreaths section includes the Urban Legend Fruitcake Wreath, which, let me just say, it has everything. Here's the blurb. 
What would Kitchmas be without a scary fruitcake in the mail? Urban legend holds that a mere handful of fruitcakes are passed around from season to season like holiday hot potatoes. This wreath pays homage to the fruitcake of urban lore, and even better, it lasts forever at room temperature. Actually, we would suggest you use a real fruitcake, but since the weight of it might take your door down, this lighter faux creation will be far less hazardous to your home. This one's easy. Start with a styrofoam wreath form, cover it with clay, and stud it with pecans. What a welcome! The clay wreath in the photograph also includes, I believe, gummy bears in place of candied fruits. It is a real stunning sight. And by the way, our friends at Culinary Agents cite uh, Johnny Carson as the uh, original joke teller of there's only one fruitcake in the world and everybody just keeps passing it around. Back to Mary Kitchmas. Another crucial wreath in his Junk for Joy chapter is made of Twinkies, and it hangs in the background next to a fabulous styrofoam snowman covered in tiny marshmallows, and in the foreground, a donut tree. A donut tree. And next, a staple of the homeschooling years, a word about Truman Capote's fruitcake story. According to AL.com, a Christmas memory first appeared in Mademoiselle magazine in its December 1956 edition. In 1963, it was included in The Selected Writings of Truman Capote and was published as a hardcover book in 1966. The story was set in the 1930s and focused on a seven-year-old boy named Buddy, a character based on Truman and his beloved elderly cousin. Buddy and his cousin, whom he calls my friend, are counting up their money for fruitcake ingredients. They each come up with a different number, but since Buddy's addition comes to 13, they decide to throw a penny out the window to be on the safe side. His friend says, we can't mess around with 13. The cakes will fall or put somebody in the cemetery. Why, I wouldn't dream of getting out of bed on the 13th. Well, I love that. See episode 13th of Podcast in A Minor having to do with mysterious and terrifying 13s. Buddy and his elderly woman cousin go out to find their fruitcake ingredients, their first and most expensive ingredient being the whiskey. It was also hard to get because state law, Alabama, forbade selling it, but the friend knew that they could get some from Mr. Ha Ha Jones. The scene with Mr. Ha Ha is enthralling, rumors of his scars on his face and his never smiling. The rumors are confirmed when they find him at home. He is extremely tall, does have scars on his face, does not smile until the elderly friend asks for the whiskey. He frowns again when he hears it is for baking. He considers this a waste of good whiskey. Initially, he charges them two of their almost $13 for the whiskey, but a moment later, he decides he'd rather have one of their fruitcakes as payment instead. Buddy's cousin says, well, there's a lovely man. We'll put an extra cup of raisins in his cake. So it does pay to be lovely, doesn't it? It does. I'd add an extra cup of raisins in anyone's fruitcake who did me that way in this world we're living in. The very next paragraph gives a gorgeous description of the baking of fruitcakes. The black stove, stoked with coal and firewood, glows like a lighted pumpkin. Egg beaters whirl, spoons spin round in bowls of butter and sugar, vanilla sweetens the air, ginger spices it, melting, nose tingling, odors saturate the kitchen suffuse the house, drift out to the world on puffs of chimney smoke. In four days, our work is done. 31 cakes, dampened with whiskey, bask on the windowsills and shelves. Ooh, wow. 
How many fruitcakes? 35, 31. I made 10. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Some of them were pretty tiny too. They send their fruitcakes to the people who delight them most. The knife grinder who comes around twice a year. The driver of the six o'clock bus from Mobile who waves to them every day. And President Roosevelt. The story continues on to Christmas and into the future. Buddy's growing up and his elderly friend moving on to the next life. Buddy is sent to military school shortly after the events of a Christmas memory, and his cousin-slash-friend sends him the best fruitcake of the batch for several years after. So, two contrasting fruitcake attitudes in Merry Kitchmas and a Christmas memory. And another in the ridicule column. Follow the link to a whole map of ways to perfectly marvelous fruitcake events in Manitou Springs, Colorado, their annual fruitcake toss. I thought Colorado would be more accepting. You know where I stand. Fruitcake heaven. Buying up those little world market cakes and hiding them around the house like a secret smoker. Baking up fruit and stout cakes and thrusting them on the unsuspecting. Because who wouldn't want a real boss fruitcake? And of course, I once wrote a story in which fruitcake baked in a home for the emotionally distraught was the only cure for a werewolf curse. Beware, it's fruitcake season. I'm out there somewhere converting. Happy fruitcake days. See you next time. Want a bunch of fruitcakes. I just never know if that's going to work. Want a bunch of fruitcakes. Want a bunch of fruitcakes. Want a bunch of fruitcakes. Dial it back. Okay, correction. You just heard What a Bunch of Fruitcakes on the Taylor Gemini Mini acoustic guitar. Yeah, it was a long day at work. I didn't want to drag the Farfisa organ up the stairs. It's cold in the basement. It's warm upstairs. was a heavy organ, and I wanted to sit here by my fireplace. This is my fireplace. Yeah, see? You can see why. So anyway, correction. What a Bunch of Fruitcakes. Present company included. See you next time. Must I, must I, the Encyclopedia Neurotica. It's my rule.